Welcome to After the Game, a podcast between me and my dad where we discuss all things sports-related and talk about the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. And I'm Barry. Welcome to this episode of After the Game, final day of the NBA season. 72 games this year versus 82 regularly. Crazy to think that it's the last game of the season, the 72nd game. It is May 16th, and uh, the Utah Jazz finished the season with a great win over the Sacramento Kings. Looks a little clunky at the first half, but uh, the Jazz won, I think, 122 to 99. Spencer, any thoughts? Uh, I think it was a, yeah, I mean, not too much to really unpack again from this one. The Jazz kind of did what they were expected to do with the way the Sacramento Kings were playing and um, kind of how the Jazz were looking for that number one seed. Big takeaways, I guess we kept them underneath 100 points, which always feels good. Um, and overall, it just shows the caliber of team the Jazz are. The Kings have a very athletic young team that can just run at the very beginning of the game and, and use their athleticism to get to the to get to the hoop really early. And so that kind of showed that the Jazz needed to wake up and play their game. And, and they technically played really well, hit some great shots, and really turned it on and ended up getting the win. So it just shows over a span of a whole game that the Jazz ultimately are the better team most of the time. Yeah, listen, the Jazz played great tonight. I think I'm going to go straight to the man of the hour. Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench, hits 33 points, two rebounds, three assists, 11 for 20 from the field, and six for 12 from the three-point line, five for five from the free throw line. Just an amazing game. Actually came in and sparked them when it looked a little dark in the first quarter and uh, hit some big threes to keep the streak alive. I think now we're up to, I don't know, 95. I can't keep track now as he keeps pouring on the streak of three gate three pointers made. Yeah. So it's 94. I think that t- ties in with Clay Thompson on the streak list. And so when he usually comes in with favors, it's interesting to see the dynamic they have. Cause I mean, favors doesn't really play with go bear. And so when he comes in off the bench favors, um, it's just interesting to see the types of depth the jazz have. And Clarkson does this really cool maneuver where he gets to the paint, and almost stops in his tracks and either fakes like he's going to go up or he spins around and does a fader. And I don't know if he's learned that from Kobe, having played with Kobe, or if he's just learning how to get to the paint from, from LeBron. But you can see as a six man that he has the weapons that can turn games into our favor. Yeah, he's very patient when he gets into the middle. It's rare that he doesn't get that shot off. And what's pretty crazy is once he gets in the middle, if there's a shot blocker there and he doesn't feel like he can do it, he kicks out and someone hits a three. Right, and it shows how good of a team the Jazz are once their shots are falling. It gets a little scary, as we've seen in past games, when our threes aren't following. So it's important to make sure players are in the right headspace to catch the ball and shoot, because it, it's really clear that they can get open. It's just it's going to take that mentality of seeing the ball go into the hoop and just knowing that it's going to keep falling in order for the Jazz to really catch fire, because that's when the Jazz are at their best, is when they're just mentally sound enough to hit those threes. Tonight was kind of a very average night for the Jazz when they win. And the reason why I say that, they were 18 for 39 from the three-point line. They generally make 17 threes. They shot 48% from the field, 46%, which was a high percentage from the three-point line, 84% from the free throw line, and uh, had 50 rebounds, out-rebounded the Kings by 11 and, and dominated on the boards again tonight. I'll stay on that theme with Rudy Gobert, 
13 points, 16 rebounds, six of eight from the field, and played another great game in only 28 minutes. Yeah. So like the the big the big um, kind of downside for the Jazz are their turnovers. I mean, we've been saying it for quite a few games, just how impactful the turnovers are against the Jazz. Uh, as we talked about, they were kind of down early, and that was due to I think five or six back-to-back turnovers. And I, I'd like to see the stats on that, but maybe the Jazz might be not doing too hot with points off of turnovers against them. And so that's something to remember going into the playoffs, just holding on to the ball, making the right pass and, and not letting the game get out of hand too early and just not, and just remembering to follow through and, and, and not turn the ball over and then get back and, and hustle if they ever do. Yeah. Great point. Early on, it was a little bit of a struggle and they had 16 turnovers tonight, which is a lot. I think some of those came late in the game as well when the, uh, right. uh, the, the third string was in but they did not, they, they corrected course. Um, they won the points off turnovers battle. They had 15 and the Kings had 13. Looking at some other guys who played okay tonight, or at least did their job for the Jazz. We look back at um, Bogdanovich had 18 points. Uh, Ingles had a decent night, quite frankly, 10 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Mike Conley came in another short night, really 22 minutes, but he had 11.6 rebounds and nine assists and uh, was on triple double watch there for a minute if he would have uh, possibly stayed in the game. Yeah, I mean, he is looking good coming into the playoffs. I don't think there's too much to worry about. I guess the playoffs start in six days, so he'll have at least some time maybe to freshen up a little bit more. But he definitely rolled in as if he hadn't even missed games due to his hamstring. And it just looks good knowing that a true point guard, someone that can bring the ball up constantly is in the game. He could also spread the court out with Gobert and, and with other players. And so he looks good. Yeah, Niang, Ingles, they all pretty pretty good night. Ingles is or Niang has kind of stepped up in the last couple of games to really prove himself as as a strong component for the Jazz. So feeling good. Um the the Jazz officially uh, I think they what was the the final record is they were 51 and what was, yeah. 52, 52 and 20. And it actually is a mirror image of the last time they had the best record in the NBA, which they tied with the Bulls back in 97, 98. They were 62 and 20. So in a 10 game shortened season, I'm not sure if they would have gone 62 and 20 this year, but their record looks pretty good at 52 and 20. But it's the first time in franchise history they've had the outright best record in yeah. the NBA. So that feels good, and I think it's the I think it's their best record since the 08-09 season, even excluding those ten games. They still I think they still won. I was reading that they won even more games than usual had the, with the ten game knockoff too. I don't know, maybe you have to double check or something, but it's the right. best best um, record since the 08-09 season. And that's, I mean, finishing number one is a huge accomplishment. Job's not done yet, but I still think as a player, it must feel good going into the playoffs, knowing that you are the best team in the league and it's been proven. And so it doesn't matter who they're going to line up against. I mean, they're going to line up against good teams no matter what in the West. I just think that it feels good knowing that, hey, we are the best team for a reason. Let's just stick to what we know and, and do the, and, and do and play our game. And it, with the best record in the league, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I think you saw Quinn roll out the roster and played them quite long tonight, longer than I think most, most people anticipated. And a lot of that is to get that record. And a lot of that is to stay confident. Love to uh, pay a little bit of attention to one stat line that I thought was interesting tonight. 
And that's Derek Favors, 17 minutes. He had 10 points, nine rebounds on five of six shooting. He's been shooting the ball really well. We saw this earlier on in his career with the Jazz. We had a baseline jumper that uh, was, was really good for a long time. Seems like he's falling back into that. The one question we have, and I think most Jazz followers have, is how can we avoid strong runs from other teams when Favors is on the, on the floor from a defense per, for perspective? I, he might have... I'm not saying he's lost a step. It's hard to come in, and we talked about this, be a backup to the best defensive player in the NBA, but somehow we've got to find some help for favors when he's on the floor so that other teams don't go on a run. Yeah, that's important to notice too. Just kind of his impact on offense is noticeable, but he's definitely got to be sure to at least get back on D in a position that he can not have too much points scored against the Jazz as the starters like Obeyer rest. And so, I, I, I mean, I trust Quinn. I'm, it's, sometimes I wonder how he would play up with Gobert on the, on the court. But, I mean, Quinn knows a little bit better, and he knows that maybe he's, he can afford giving up a few extra points just to rest Gobert, knowing that even favors can have an impact on offense. I think he plays well with Clarkson overall. I like that kind of dynamic. Um, it's, it's hard to, to handle both Clarkson and favors when, when Clarkson's driving to the hoop. So that, that definitely helps. Yeah, good, good point there. And you'd said it during the broadcast tonight that um, Clarkson does play a bit better when Favors is on the floor. It, it gives him an opportunity to get in there and create. Rudy is such a paint in a good way clogger on both offense and defense right. that when Favors in, he kind of bounces out a little bit and let Clarkson do his thing. Well, this is, this is a great game. Um, not too much to say about the Kings. Not a lot of great um, – you know, highlights here. Um, Damian Jones uh, had 19 points tonight. He's kind of come over from Miami. At least he, he was a dunk champion. I think we saw Buddy Heald, who was going for a three-point record tonight for the Kings, a single-season record, and it didn't happen. So he was one for seven from three. You got to give him credit for uh, at least getting out there and, and putting a little scare in the Jazz early on. But again, the Jazz win 121 to 99 finished with the best record in the NBA, 52 and 20, number one seed. And now we wait to see who our opponent is in the playoffs. So I think I, I think you mentioned last time that all 30 teams were or 30 teams were playing today. And that kind of wrapped up the season. As we can see, I think the brackets are in officially for yeah. the playoffs are gonna go with Jazz at the top, all the way down to um, let me pull up the so the Spurs are 10th and then the Jazz are first. So it runs down. Um, I don't know if you want to go, should we just go through them or where everybody's at right yeah, now? Yeah, let, let's go. You might have it, it just so we can spend a little bit more time on the West. Let's get the East and, and chat a little bit about the East and, and their playoff scenario if you have it. Yeah, I got it. And again, Philly uh, clinches the Eastern Conference with the best record. They're the number one seed. Going to the play-in really quickly, the ninth and 10th seed are Indiana and Charlotte, respectively. What do you think about that series, the Pacers and the Hornets? So the Hornets have definitely been a surprise this year, or not a surprise, but they've, they've definitely had one of the best seasons they've had in a long time due to just kind of their dynamic with Gobert, or not Gobert, um, Hayward and um, LaMelo's even playing pretty well. And so they've kind of been out of nowhere and the Pacers have been a little bit quiet. I thought they've usually been pretty strong. So I think I, I mean, I don't want to rule out a, a nine team, but I, I think with the energy that the Hornets have, 
and knowing that they've made that they have a chance at the playoffs, I kind of favor them. I don't know if that's something realistic, but it just seems like I just feel a little bit more confident if I was a Hornets fan, just knowing I have this chance and knowing that all they have to do is just win, you know? Yeah, I think there's more buzz around Charlotte, and I think that they have a really good chance of being Indiana. They're they're playing a little bit better as you come into this um, play-in game. So you look at their records, and they're tied, 34 and 38. So the tiebreaker – I'm sorry, change that. They're, they're, Indiana's up 34, 38, and Charlotte's 33 and 39. But we'll see. I mean, that'll be a fun one. The other play-in is uh, Boston and Washington. And what a series that is going to be. I've often thought if you let Washington hang around and they stay in and they get in this play-in series, that uh, you better be careful because um, they've got that tandem of Westbrook and Beal. So that'll be the next play-in. What do you think about that, Washington and Boston? Yeah, playoff basketball is a whole different level. It's it's almost a whole different sport even I mean and Westbrook's a veteran that's been there so many times and he knows what it takes to win with Beal also being a threat and it's just been interesting to see this end of the season for the Celtics I almost feel like they're kind of losing a little bit of footing as they get into the playoffs just with their chemistry and with their with their abilities and and with with this with Washington playing at the level of, of that they're playing at coming off of a hot end of the season and the Celtics coming off of a lower end of the season it's going to be interesting to see because Obviously, I would have thought that the Celtics wouldn't have been in this position anyway, but they are unfortunately in this situation. But it's so you you want to think that they win, but like you said, with with a dominant player like Westbrook who wants to make a point coming with this shot to make the playoffs, I don't know. I, I honestly don't have an answer for that. I'd like to say that the Celtics can figure it out for one game and just hold off the Wizards, but ultimately you you have a, a, a athletic Westbrook who's hot who wants to make a point with a Beal who's also there to, to, to come up. So I think, I think the Celtics can hold them off for one game and they can wake up and do that. I don't, but I'm not too, I don't want to put my money on that too early. Yeah. Again, we could spend the whole rest of the podcast on this um, new play in and what excitement it absolutely has brought to the final week of the NBA season. And now to what, the uh, the the playing games hold so this is um, this is pretty cool as we as we look at this so you go from those to you know what's a lock right now some other series in the in the East the three six matchup was is Milwaukee and Miami so the Bucks in the Heat any thoughts yeah didn't they play last year too in the in the uh, Eastern Conference I can't really remember but... yeah great point. Uh, Miami made it to the NBA finals. So I, I, I can't remember if they, I think they played this. I can't remember. So that's bad. That's a bad question. But anyway, the, the Bucks are playing Miami. Yeah. Yes. That's good off topic. But yeah, I think I, Giannis is definitely someone that I'm just waiting to have just a blowout season. I think he's one of the, like, he's definitely, you can argue top player in the league, but it just seems like when it gets to the playoffs, something might go, go, not go the way it should. I don't know. It, I just haven't been impressed with this playoff performance or his playoff abilities. I've just thought that by now, or at least this season was going to be the year where he just broke free from, from others uh, in terms of his quality as a player. And, and I was hoping that, I mean, obviously things happened with the Nets or, and, and with them picking up some great players, but I'm just was hoping that Giannis was going to come out as almost a 
whole different level player and just take over the playoffs. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, listen, uh, Milwaukee and, and Miami in this series, first of all, Milwaukee's won eight out of their last 10 on a three-game winning streak. Miami's won eight of their last 10 to get solid footing in the sixth seed. This will just be a great matchup. Giannis is... He's, he's the greatest uh, in the league the last year, too, as an MVP. He's that good. Um, that said, this league has turned into a three-point shot league, and his three-point shooting is not great. You go back to LeBron James, he's developed a three. You go to Joel Embiid, who can hit the three. So you look at some of these superstars that are in this league and, and what they mean. You just hope that his three-point shooting – can catch up with his rest of his, his dominant game, but that that'll be a fun series to watch. The other one is, and this one's a little near and dear to your heart being a Knicks fan. They solidified home court advantage today. They're the fourth seed going up against Atlanta. What a series that's going to be the Knicks versus the Hawks. Yeah. I think the Knicks will take this one. I just think that Randall is just too much of a dominant player. And I think he's a different type of all-star, just an all-star that wants to win and is just hungry for wins. And, and so I mean, you could want it as much as you want, but you still have to go on a play. I just think that having that extra drive as an all-star to just be all about getting that win is just a whole different level. So I can see the Knicks taking this one. The Hawks have had a great season, but ultimately I think the I think that the Knicks have worked hard and they're where they're at for a reason because they're that good. And Randall's definitely not somebody you want to mess with. And I would fear him going into the game. Yeah, listen, this is where home court advantage pays off. You're the fourth seed against the five seed. If the series goes the distance, you've got a home game to clinch it. And, you know, these two teams, um, Knicks have won three in a row. Uh, Hawks have won four in a row. They've each won seven out of their last 10. It's going to be a fun series. I think, you know, Trey Young wants to prove something. John Collins is there. You're like said about Randall. Alec Burks, the former jazz man, has had a resurgence of late and uh, has been really a big spark plug for them. So as we finish up the Eastern Conference playoffs, you have the play-in Indiana, Charlotte at 9-10, Boston, Washington at 7-8, and eight. Philly's the number one seed, Brooklyn's the number two seed for crying out loud. How'd you like to have Kyrie and Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant and still be the two seed? It is going to be a battle out of the East. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy playoff for sure. Just quality teams all across the league. So I guess... Um, We'll probably get more into it as the playoffs go on, but I can see the number one, number two seed with the Nets and Philadelphia coming out uh, in, the, in the Eastern Conference Final. I, I agree. So turning to the West, uh, we've talked clearly about the Jazz and who they might get in that eight seed, but we have Memphis, San Antonio, 9-10, Lakers, Golden State. Uh, I'll start off really quickly. I think Memphis is going to want to prove something and really win that 9-10 game, and then they're going to have to place play either the Lakers or Golden State, and I just don't see how they, they even sniff the, the true playoffs. I think that uh, – let's talk just a quick second about the L.A. Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you can get into the kind of conspiracies about where LeBron wants to end up. I mean, he's not kind of a player where he could probably almost choose where he wants to end up, and everybody's kind of debating on whether or not he wants to play the Suns first or the Jazz first, and he could maybe he could decide that if he wants to lose – a game and then win a game to play the jazz or, if, but I think he's just going to want to win the game and, and just, just prove, I, I, I can see him not wanting to lose a game at all this whole playoff run. Obviously as a player, that's what you want, but I think he wants to make a statement with this playing game. Like, listen, this is, this isn't what I want as a player. So I'm just going to come out and win and just 
try to win every single game after that. And yeah, just really quickly, I was before we went on air here with our podcast. They said LeBron James left the game tonight with a with a little bit of an ankle injury. I don't know if it's the same ankle. I don't know if it's the same injury. I don't think it impacts anything. He still had a great game, but we will have to follow that over the next 24 hours to see what happens there. But what is exciting? I think I heard a stat that this is like, I don't know, the fifth or this is crazy or seventh time that, that LeBron James has faced um, Steph Curry in a, in a playoff esque game. And I think the Warriors want to prove something. I, we can talk about jockeying for seventh seed or eighth seed. The reality is these guys want to win. I just think they want to win. So that's going to be a heck of a, a heck of a playing game. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting first round for the jazz, no matter what. I mean, obviously they need to just play hard, no matter who they play. It's interesting as you get to the four and fifth seed, um, you got Clippers that finished fourth and the Mavericks that finished fifth. Yeah. So potentially the Jazz could play in the second round. They could face the Clippers. Um, I don't think the Mavericks can beat the Clippers in this series. I mean, the Mavericks do have Luka, and he is probably going to become one of the greatest players in the, in the league down the road. But I don't think he can take on Kawhi and George. They The, the Clippers are – they're. I mean – they're good, and I, I think they would probably pull away in a series, and, and then the Jazz could potentially run with them in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, you look at the 4-5, the Clippers and Dallas. There's five games that separate them. So we, Right, it's a big drop-off. Yeah, that is, and really, the, the Clippers could have been playing for the third spot tonight. It didn't seem like they cared too much about anything. They might not have wanted to, you know – play Portland quite frankly so you know that that's an easy one I think you're right the Clippers are they're not a team that are going to go out in the first round it's just not a team built to lose in the first round they're built to win so I do see them getting the four or five but the series of all series in the first round I think we don't know if the, if the Jazz are going to play the Lakers or Golden State who you know who knows what's going to happen there Phoenix and the LA would be a great series as well great great series but one that is going to be fun to watch is the MVP in Jokic, which is what everybody is saying, against Damian Lillard and, and the Portland Trailblazers are on a run. So the 3-6 matchup is going to be fun. Yeah, so the Portland Trailblazers end up winning 42 games. I remember last podcast I mentioned that someone had bet their house that Portland would win 42 games and it looks like Lillard came through for that guy. So we could all rest on that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Portland's on a tear. Denver has actually been playing – surprisingly really well without um without Murray and so I mean it's sad that they don't have him because that would have brought them to a different level of playing but maybe not because they're playing super well right now without him and Lillard is just I mean he comes alive it's 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 gonna be interesting but I can see Denver pulling away in this one they they I mean we, we forget what they did last year when in the playoffs they came back from being down 3-1 against us the Jazz and against the the Clippers. So they kind of got the, they know what to do in the playoffs. They know how to win and they know, they know how to space it out. So that'll be interesting. Well, let's, yeah. Let's uh, let's polish this off. Um, just really quickly. I'm just going to mention over the weekend, we had the hall of fame enshrinement, three big names um, the, that, uh, that went into the hall of fame. You had um, Tim Duncan and you had, Kobe Bryant, 
and then the uh, the last one there, that big that big trio was um, Kevin Garnett. So three superstars and what they meant, and, and Kobe getting his due shortly after his passing a year ago, and and really excited for that. So one shout out there to the legends, the three high profile names of this year's class, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. As we look ahead, um, the hottest team in the NBA and the one who has the most probably aside from LeBron James uh, experience, Golden State has a six game win streak and that's who the Jazz could play in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could talk about this all, all night, but we're at the point in NBA where you're going to play any team that's good. Like any team's good that you're going to face. And Golden State definitely, they, they have the, the, I mean, Steph Curry coming back and turning it around to even give him a shout at the playoffs is remarkable. I think that he, he can even be argued for an MVP position. A lot of players around the league think he's an MVP candidate, but um, the Jazz recently lost to them too. It's going to be interesting with the Jazz with full strength as Mitchell looks to come back kind of the next couple of days to, to, to see where, how it goes. But man, it's going to be interesting to see um, how it goes. I think, I think the Jazz could handle a Warriors in a seven game series. I mean, the, the shooting performance by Curry kind of takes it, but Royce kind of has a little bit of a good defense on Curry. I think overall the Jets can walk away in a seven game series ahead of, of ahead of them, ahead of Golden State. So, I mean, I'm not hoping for a Golden State first round. I'm, not really, I'm kind of neutral. I mean, I, I understand that you have to play a good team in order to become the best and the Jets are going to play. I mean, the Western Conference is just packed with good teams. So, but I mean, I like the chances against Golden State more than I like the chance against the Lakers, but it's interesting yeah. to see how it's going to end up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Steph Curry uh, tonight clinches the scoring title. Um, he barely beat out Bradley Beal uh, tonight. So the 33-year-old Curry entered Sunday ahead of Beal by 0.04 points and finished with an average of 32 points a season. He shot 42%. He becomes the first, this is interesting, the first player 33 years or older to lead the league in scoring since Jordan in 97 and 98 when Jordan was 35 years old. That surprises me. Again, Curry becomes the first player 33 years or older to lead the league in scoring. He also joins Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only players with multiple scoring titles, MVPs, and championships. So Steph Curry is in a league of his in, in a league that is like no other. Again, he joins Jordan Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only players to win multiple scoring titles, MVPs, and championships. Yeah, I mean we're looking at the greatest shooter of all time, and it shows, and, and he's getting the recognition he deserves. If you go across the statistics across the whole league, Curry had the most points. Um, Clint Capella had the most rebounds from the Hawks. Russell Westbrook had the most assists. Jimmy Butler had the most steals. Gobert had the most blocks, no surprise. Clarkson had the most bench points, no surprise. Gobert had the most, the highest field goal percentage, and Gobert had the highest plus-minus rating. Wow. Jazz players are definitely on the board for um, most impactful players across the league, and so it's going to be a great series, a great um, playoff, playoff, um, just great playoffs in general. Yep. Gobert being on the 
the stat sheet in three different areas, blocks, field goals, and plus minus. Yeah. Well, what a great, uh, what a great finish to an historic season for the Utah Jazz. They beat the Sacramento Kings 121 to 99 tonight. Hold them under 100, as Spencer referenced. Uh, they have the best record in the league, first time in franchise history. They've outright had the best record in the league. Clinch uh, the Western Conference and will be the number one seed. And we'll see who they play as this week unfolds. Yeah. All right, Dad. Do you have anything else? That's it. Great. Thanks, Dad. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye.